Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. I looked up the title of Entrepreneur, and it says, one who organizes, manage, and assumes the risk of a business or enterprise. And it struck me that that is not at all what I thought an entrepreneur was, or maybe I should change the name of the show to something else, because I really think entrepreneurs are the people who really identify, create, or capitalize on opportunities or desires. The money side comes later. And I, I want to thank my guest today for a opening my eyes to this concept that the entrepreneur is a way of life. It's not a business or financial. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Thanks for being here today. I really appreciate you listening. I want to give a special thanks to uh, the sponsor of the show, um, Craig Shelley, Beverly Hills. They make amazing jewelry and watches. For those of you on video, I'm wearing one right now. Um, go to craigshelley.com and check out all the things they have, especially um, for the, the Mother's Day and, and Father's Day we have coming up. But whenever you listen, there's probably a holiday coming. They've got great stuff. And also to C-Suite Radio, the platform that promotes this show. So as I said, I was, I was talking to, to our guest, and she really alerted me to something that I didn't really understand. She's a musician, a singer, songwriter. Um, she's a bassist. She's played with one of, of the best known modern or recent rock bands for the last 14 years. And she talked about being an entrepreneur as a musician because of what you have to do. The activities are the same that a lot of you are doing at home. Eva Gardner, thanks for joining me today. I look forward to this fun conversation. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you've got it. And, and I do want to thank you for sort of opening my eyes to this concept that as a musician, you're doing the same activities as someone like myself who's a coaching consultant or someone opening a restaurant. You're taking risks. You have to put yourself out there. You have to identify what you want and other people that may be receptive to it. Obviously you learned music at a young age, you probably had a talent for it, but where did some of these other things coming come about of, you know, getting shows, getting into bands, doing all those things. Where'd you learn those skills? Those all just happened with, with time and experience. And it's all about your, your network and net, creating your network, right? And um, being recommended, being um, a verified, um, you know, employee or someone that's great to work with, a team member that someone wants to have um, just, a, just a, a, an asset to a team, really. And so I think the whole, the whole idea of like marketing yourself, uh, branding, um, all those things also come with with what we do as artists, because we need to put ourselves out there. If we want to get hired and rehired and recommended, um, we need to be able to um, present ourselves in a way that is marketable and appealing to someone who is going to have you on stage with them or in the studio with them or on, um, you know, whatever, at whatever capacity. It, it, it's interesting that, that you say that because a lot of entrepreneurs that I've interviewed have an idea. They've got a passion. They've got a skill that they're really good at and they go out and they start a business, but they don't get successful until they knock on enough doors or they get over some of the, you know, the way they geek out on their own product, their own thing and translate it into a language that, that an everyday person can understand as a musician. 
obviously your music speaks for itself, but sometimes you can't just play a song for a club owner and they put you on stage. There's some nuance to it. There's some, some things that you have to do to get into a band. Obviously they know that you're talented, but your personality has to fit. Your vision has to fit. If someone does one thing over here and you have to play off of it, how did some of those things come about and what did you learn along the way that allows you maybe to adapt better than you did before? Yeah, there's there's the idea of being the entire package, right? I mean, sure, your songs can speak for themselves, and and uh, but there's so many incredibly talented people out there that might not get the same breaks as someone who is more... Um, more comfortable with personal relationships and creating those relationships and getting out there and beating beating the streets, so to speak. I mean, there's the idea of of working your way up for us as well, right? Normally, we get experience by playing in the worst clubs ever um, to like to like two people, and one of those people would include the bartender, you know. So, so it's those ideas, and and with those experiences, you you gain knowledge, you gain experience, you you. Um, earn the trust of the people that you're working with. You prove yourself as a, um, depending on what your, you know, your work ethic, if you do what needs to be done, how are you to um, share a stage with, you know, if you're in a band, how are you as a band member? Are you on time? Are you punctual? Did you learn all the songs? Um, how are you under stress? <laughs> you know, if your guitar string breaks, how do you handle that situation? Do you freak out and get mad and, and blow your blow your top or do you handle it with a cool head and figure it out so all of those things come into play and um, most of that stuff comes with experience and you don't really know how you're going to crack under pressure until those things do happen and a lot of times you if you don't handle it so well the first time or if you don't get rehired or if you get let go of then you learn from those situations and um, you delve into the future with that knowledge I love that. I love that. In the music business, did, did you start out, let me ask you this, did you start out as I'm going to be a soloist, I'm up there with my guitar and singing acoustic to, you know, the two people in the bar? Did you start out in a band as a person behind the scenes? What was your path to where you are now? So as a bass player, my father was a bass player. So that's how I got the inspiration. I wanted to do the same thing that he did. Growing up with all those rock and roll stories, you know, he was part of the British invasion of the 60s and 70s and opened up for the Rolling Stones in 1967 and toured with The Who back in the day. So he was part of that whole scene in England in the 60s and growing up and hearing those stories. That's what I wanted too. So that was my inspiration. I wanted to be part of a band. I wanted to be in a band, go on the road and just and just rock, right? Just like get out there and rock. And that was all I really had. Um, that was really what my dream was. I just want to go on the road and it didn't really get anywhere beyond that. And once I started playing in my first bands and getting experience and eventually going to school and furthering my education and getting knocked down a few times and then figuring out how to, uh, you know, those are the crossroads moments where you really decide, um, is this what I want to do? Really? Like, are all these obstacles making me stronger to plow ahead and, and really making me decide that this is what I want to do. And in those situations, yes, being knocked down made me realize that this is the path I want to be on and going to turn the nose into yeses. And um, so a lot of times those obstacles and those hardships are the best things that could ever happen to you because those make you quote unquote road ready um, and uh, set you up for, for the best possible um, path future and in the future. So um, I always knew I wanted to tour and all the other stuff just kind of came later, kind of fell into place later. 
Yeah, because now, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but now you've got your, your own, another album coming out. You're doing some solo stuff in addition to what you're doing with the band. But I, I want to come back a little bit to the band because all entrepreneurs uh, are headstrong in some way, but need to be great team members to be successful. Forget about what you hear about Steve Jobs and, and uh, Elon Musk. They all have teams that they rely on. Yeah, they're the front person, but they, they have to be part of this team. And um, as a team member, but also someone that was driving the band forward, like in, in Pink, you had obviously a front person who's the name of the band and also the name of the person, but you all had to be there to support. How did you... Uh, I guess, keep going, moving forward personally while being sort of a little bit in the shadows to the rest of the world, not necessarily the band, but to the rest of the world. How did you reconcile that as you continued to grow in your 14 years with Pink? I, I think that we were all growing together um, and she was growing as an artist and continues to grow as an artist. And, and we all make the choice to be open to grow as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who feel like, oh, I've learned everything I there is to learn and I've reached the pinnacle and this is it, great. But um, you we're constantly growing we're constantly learning we're constantly adapting and evolving and i think that's important in any situation in any business in any entrepreneurial role and the same applies to us in the in the pink band i mean it's pretty much the same band uh as when i started it's all the same people and i i think that it's a testament to to who she is and all of us as well as people who are in a supportive role but also aren't afraid to adapt and to grow and to learn new skills. Um, and I mean, from the time that I started playing with her, I've, I started playing multiple instruments and, and singing. You know, I got hired as just an electric bass player. Over the years, I took on keyboard bass. And when, they, when there was an upright bass role, I said, sure, no problem, I can do it. Got myself an upright and figured it out. Uh, singing came later on. And um, so all these things, I think it's important to grow with the team and um, and all of us have done that. So that's why we're all still still around. Yeah, still together. I mean, 14 years is a long time for any partnership, especially when you talk about four, five, six, seven, ten people with the with multiple parts of the crew. Where did you join on the trajectory? Like was Pink and Household name when you joined, or was there something where all of a sudden you guys all looked at each other and were like, whoa, this is kind of different than we were a month ago, right? I mean, because Pink's a big deal. Everyone knows the band or and the person. Uh, but where where were you in that trajectory on, on her growth and the band's growth? She was already a well-established artist, but more so uh, overseas. She was more uh, popular uh, in Australia, in Europe, specifically Germany and the UK. So when I started touring with her, I spent most of my time overseas with her. I think we had done like, four, we did four months in Australia, um, several months in Europe, and we only did two weeks in the US. So it took some time for the US to catch on. And it wasn't until uh, she was on the Grammys, I believe. Um, and she performed on the Grammys. And that, that was the point that really catapulted her in, in the US. And then she was on the Oprah show. And at that point, um, our own country finally was like, hey, wait a minute, this person isn't just another flash in the pan pop star. She's really a, a unparalleled, unparalleled and unrivaled entertainer who is just um, just talented in so many ways, you know, because she does all the acrobats and 
and and sings on top of it and she doesn't lip sync so she's in a league of her own really and i think that um as she as she grew and gained popularity she just kept upping the game really so we had to stay up there with her and there definitely have been moments where like wow i mean pinnacle moment uh, a couple years ago we played wembley stadium two nights sold out so there definitely has been an element of massive growth in the time that that we've been that i've started with her yeah, I bet. I mean, what's Wembley? 90, 100,000, 110,000? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's I think it's 80. I think it's 80. Uh, but two sold out nights, you know. Um, but she, we've been playing crowds like that, but mostly festivals, you know. I think we had like, did like 100,000 people in Hungary <laughs> one summer <laughs> for one festival season. But um, slowly over time, the venues just started getting bigger. And, and uh, Australia was always big, though. Australia was always a big market for her. Nice. And when you think about Pink, the business, right? Because obviously it's a band and there's all the individuals, but it's a business. It needs to be marketed. It needs to be, you guys need to be on point, on brand. When you're out and about, um, you are representing her and the band, right? As, as, a, as a team member. And when you think about that, how did that, I guess, grow your thinking in, all right, this is, I'm, I'm a, I'm part of a brand, but I'm also a personal brand. And those are things you have to balance, right? You've got to be Eva, but when you're out and about, if you're having beers at a pub, you're representing pink at the same time. How did you deal with that and think about yourself and the band at the same time as you continue to grow? Yeah. I mean, when we're out there as a hired gun, we're, there's definitely an element to, um, there's no room for error really. Right. Because there's so many moving parts in a situation like that. And uh, whether it's the lighting crew or the video or whoever it is, um, there's just no room for, there's no room for error. And so we just have to re remember that and remember at the end of the day, this is, this is a business. And this is, again, the business of ourselves, right? Like we are, how do we represent ourselves as a business amongst this larger business? Um, and how do we um, make sure that we are representing ourselves accurately and in the best way possible so that tomorrow we still have a, a job <laughs> really you know <laughs> right so um there's a few different a few different aspects to that um but then you know when we get home and there's no tour and or tour is over we all kind of hit the reset button at least for us like the hired guns right we all come home we hit the reset button and then we go oh okay so that's done what's next uh, and we, in some cases, we are lucky and get a gig right away. Um, a couple of us, uh, three of us, I think on, after one tour, we, two weeks later after a pink tour, we did share, and then we hit the road with share. So if you're lucky, those things will pick up pretty quickly, but that's not always the case. So, um, you know, at that point you be, you go back to your, okay, I'm Eva, the bass player. Um, am I going to hop onto another gig as a bass player? Or is this an opportunity for me to write some songs and, and start up a, an original project at home? And so um, I think when, as we get to those bridges, we decide which way we're gonna, we're gonna go. And I, I didn't know the share piece, but that now leads me to, to another question. Like if you're playing with, with Pink on her tour and then you get picked up and you join Share on her tour, Obviously, that's not accidental. 
that's something you've built a name within the industry that whether she or either she pink or share or their their um you know, agents, business managers, promoters, all of the people know you well enough. So you were building your personal brand within the music industry while you were supporting Pink and the band and her brand on tour. So you had to manage your personal brand at the same time as doing a job, for lack of a better term. Tell me a little bit about, was that intentional? Did that come from experience? Was that accidental? Some of each? Sometimes it is accidental. Sometimes it's intentional. Um, and most of the gigs I've, got, I've gotten, oh gosh, since I started the pink gig have all been recommendations um, through gigs that I've done. For instance, like I went on to do share because I reached out. It's the same management company. And once the pink gig was winding down, I put my name in the hat for the share gig. I knew she was starting back up and I said, hey, I would love to be considered for, for the base role. Um, and then sure enough, um, because of what I had, uh, offered on the pink tour with everybody and people that I work with, I thought they were happy to throw my name in the hat, um, for share. And she said, yes. So, uh, and then from the share gig, the musical director, I worked with that later went on to work with Gwen Stefani. He knew my work from the share gig brought me on to Gwen from the Gwen gig. A guy, the keyboard player I worked with went on to Tegan and Sarah. He brought me over to the Tegan and Sarah gig. So it's like these, you're just jumping from lily pad to lily pad. And, and you just, uh, you make a name for yourself um, while you're doing that and the work that you do. If you have good quality work and you know that you can deliver and be an all around asset to the team, then hopefully you get, you get recommended. So this has nothing to do with the business side, but that's a lot of songs to memorize and know and learn and i'm not a musician and um so i can't speak to that but it, i mean share has got hundreds of songs pink's got hundreds of songs and you go to gwen stefani you've got all sorts of songs um i don't want to say how did you do that because that you're a musician and that's the way your brain works but how do you per how did you personally manage all right here's a new thing i've got 80 songs i need to know I'll know the set list hopefully going in, but they could switch because they're artists and artists do things on stage in front of big crowds and all of a sudden you've got to adapt. How did you continue to adapt to learning, memorizing and, um, and nailing songs from all those different artists at, you know, like that? Yeah, you definitely have to be quick on your feet, but normally going into a tour or into a show, you will get a set list. They'll decide on, they'll, they'll whittle those however many songs down to normally something like a 90 minute set. And uh, you just, you're given those, those songs to learn, those arrangements, and you just, you just hit the books, really. And sometimes you have a good amount of time, sometimes you really don't. Sometimes there's, <laughs> for the pink, the pink show, I only had like three days to learn everything. Um, wow. So uh, it just really depends on the situation, but you just have to adapt very quickly and and just roll with the punches. And again, that's the under that's the under the under. How do you work under pressure, right? How are you under yep. pressure? <laughs> so you're really tested at some moments. No, totally true, and I think that that speaks to the entrepreneur aspect because entrepreneurs need to roll with the punches. They need to deal with pressure. They need to adapt to what comes next because a customer came in the phone might ring something changes and you have to adapt well or 
possibly not get paid. You were probably in the same situation. It's a sink or swim. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So if you think about, um, you know, next steps. So, so you've obviously built a name for yourself in the industry, which, which is great in a business sort of in and of itself being that, um, you know, role player for playing bass in different bands and, and getting introduced. But then you've got your solo career. You've done albums. You're working on another one. You're also being even more entrepreneurial, looking at books and programs and other things that you can do to support other people in music and outside of music. Um, tell us a little bit about that part of the journey from just playing gigs all the time and living and probably an alternative lifestyle from timing because shows end late, you're amped up and it's not like you lived a nine to five life, but you still needed now to create your next adventure, which is some of the, the um, solo stuff that you're doing. Talk a little bit about that process and the mindset shift that that took to say, all right, I want to do solo and I'm going to go for it. There's always an, I've always had a creative creative bug. I mean, I've started writing songs as soon as I started playing bass and always, for the most part, always had a band, always had a collaborative band that I was working with, even when I was touring with, with big name artists. So the creative side's always been there. Um, but just in the last few years, I just started releasing stuff under my own name because uh, it really started because I was on a two and a half year tour with Pink. And on days off, um, I started writing and recording and technology is where it's at to where I could, you could travel literally with a recording studio in a laptop bag. And so I had my laptop and some software and a couple of instruments and I started writing. And that's what kicked off my first solo under my name release. And just, just kind of kept it, kept it moving since then. And it's another, it's just another facet to what I do. It's just, a, I'm, always looking to improve and grow and being creative is another side of that. That's terrific. Congratulations on the solo stuff. Obviously everything you've done in your career is super cool and interesting to me, but the solo stuff, it, it's right. You have to write it. You have to produce it. You have to do it. And um, super cool. So you can get Eva's music on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you listen to music, you can go to evagardner.com and, and learn more about her there. Um, Tell me a little bit about, um, in, as entrepreneurs, we always have to learn from people who came before us, be it coaches, mentors, just someone that you follow. You've worked with some big names in the industry and without saying, unless you want to, who you learn from, but what did you pick up along the way that now you can take into a, into a solo business, into other things? Um, you know, we all do things good, bad, and otherwise. What did you pick up along the way? that we can learn a little bit from? I, I mean, I learned with, I learned with everybody I've ever shared a stage with. Um, it can be people who are a household name or not, a, not a household name. Um, there's little things. If you're, if you're, if you're just aware and observant, um, you know, for instance, um, I was playing with the drummer one time and I was like, Oh, let me look at your charts. I wanted to see the way that they were mapping out the songs or charting their music. And so I was like, Oh, I really like the way that you do, you write your bars out there, your measures. Cool. So I picked up that little thing. Like that was helped me along the way. And then another, per another guitar player, I 
showed up to a gig in Germany and I didn't have, I, for whatever reason, assumed that they would have a cable at the venue (laughs) (laughs) and no, they did not. And in that situation, the guitar player I was playing with was like, oh man, you know, I always travel with cables because you just never know. And at that moment I was like, bam, done. That's another thing that I picked up. Um, So there's all these little inspiring, fun, um, just little tools and facts and just inspiring. I'm inspired by everybody and and everything really. If you, if you just keep your eyes and ears open and, and uh, again, just always growing and, and learning and evolving. I'm still always on the quest. I bet. I think we, I think we all are. And, I love you just telling some of these stories. So one more as we sort of wrap up, a uh, couple more questions. But one is, do you see yourself as a next step when venues start to open again and we can get in big crowds? Do you see yourself as that front person? Do you want to be front person on stage, band behind you, traveling the world? Is, is that a next step for you? Have you thought about that? Sure. Why not? I'd love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. we all would. Yeah. If the opportunity came up, absolutely. I, you know, I'm, I'm a very go with the flow kind of a person. I never really know what's around the corner, but I'm always excited about, about opportunities that arise. And, and sometimes um, you just put something out there and you never know that you might get a call the next day and it'll happen. So um, I'm excited about all the possibilities. Nice. That's awesome. An awesome answer. So, um, the last 15 months and wherever you're listening to this in the world, whenever you're listening to this, we're sort of hopefully um, coming into re-entry of the world post-pandemic. Uh, you know, for me, I talk to people, I'm a business consultant, I want to hear about their businesses and and it's usually a one-on-one or I go into a, a small business. For you, a lot of it was traveling and playing on stages in front of, you know, tens of thousands, up to 100,000 people. Um, How did you adapt? Because I think adaptation is one of the most important things that entrepreneurs can do is adapt to their their circumstances. How did you adapt? And was it quick or did it it take a little time to go to, okay, now I'm at home, Mm -hmm. playing music (laughs) by myself? Yeah. How did that all work for you? Well, uh, it was at that time, at that, during that time that I just created my own work since there was no work per se. Um, I created my own and gave myself projects. And one of them was the recording project and, uh, which is going to be the album that's coming out soon and, uh, decided to go back to school and learn more about the recording process and the technical side of, recording software and those things. So I just, I decided to, to shift the perspective on the whole situation and see it as an opportunity and how can I actually gain more knowledge and experience and create work for myself despite the circumstances. Very cool. And obviously you flourished in success. We met just because you did something different than probably you've done is by just joining an online group of people talking about business mm-hmm. um, in our little Zoom squares, exactly. right? Um, and, and so you adapted. So I think that that's my final question as we wrap up. It seems a lot of what you've talked about is keeping your eyes open, adapting to what's in front of you, making relationships for opportunities to get introduced. And while you did it as a musician and I do it in coaching and consulting, the skill set is the same and everything you're talking about is the same. 
Um, what, what, if anything, do you do to, to keep that going? Like, how do you um, continue to keep your eyes open and look for different things and keep that mindset and not get sort of tunnel vision on, I'm working on a project, let me go to it, because you need everything in your life to continue to be as broad as it is to, to do all the cool stuff that you've done. So how do you keep yourself going and your mindset on opportunities? I think that, I mean, one of the things was joining the C-suite network and just shifting gears and trying something totally different that I may not have otherwise, uh, if I was on the road or what, or whatever. Um, and just really digging in to different ways to reach different people, different audiences and connecting with others that, um, I might not ever have the chance to otherwise in the tunnel vision world, uh, that can be the music life, the touring life. Um, you know, sometimes when we're on tour, we literally are in a bubble and we don't, we don't even see our families for months on end. And, um, right. we just see the inside of a venue and a tour bus and a hotel room. So I think that being home, um, I mean, that was the longest, this is the longest I've been home since over in over 20 years. So, um, you know, in an interesting way, it's allowed me to see and hear of things that are have not been in my field of vision before. So that's, it's been exciting. And I think that you just have to look for that stuff. It's easy to be in your, your bubble and, and see tunnel vision. But if you just kind of, you know, pull the shades up and see what's outside, it's <laughs> a whole world out there. That's awesome. I love the perspective. You can find her at evagardner.com. Obviously her music's on Apple, Spotify, Google music, any place you find music. Uh, she got a new album come out. Eva, thanks so much for being here and just talking a little bit about business, but in a cool and different way than I ever have. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA Podcast. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.